you're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. On another exciting edition of Animation Deliberation, we are back to cover Young Justice Season 4, Young Justice Phantoms, covering Episode 23, Ego and Super Ego. We'll be getting right into that after some ads we have no say over whatsoever. When it's time to give a truly special gift to that special someone in your life, why not turn to a jeweler you can trust? Solomon Brothers Jewelers is a family-owned business that's earned Atlanta's trust for decades with high quality, low prices, and the largest selection. Solomon Brothers has thousands of wedding bands, engagement rings, and loose diamonds in stock. Shop Solomon Brothers online at SolomonBrothers.com, SolomonBrothers.com, or stop by stores with locations in Buckhead or Alpharetta and experience the best. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. All right, folks, welcome back to Animation Deliberation, the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. I'm Jay Scotty St. Clair, and I am joined by my original animation cohort, Mr. Zuhair Ali. What's up, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. As we have episodes with the whole team back together, we got our OG team going to cover it. Very good. Very good. That's right. So, as stated, this is episode 23 of Young Justice Phantoms, and we're both on a little bit of a tight schedule today, so we're just going to get right into it. This was a very eventful episode. Uh, I will say I'm a little conflicted on the episode because... As much as I love the world building and the multitude of characters we're introduced to, this was like one of the first times that I found myself like feeling like we really could have benefited from one of those like previously on Young Justice little like Mm -hmm. clips that they do at the beginning of a lot of shows because I just found myself like this one went back to season three in a lot of ways and felt like just such a, a continuation of season three in both positive ways and negative ways, just because I found myself saying like, who was that character again? When was the last time we saw that character? And uh, again, this is Dick Grayson's arc. We've, he's been out of the proceedings the whole season. And I felt like kind of like in rockets arc, it's his arc and he got like the least amount of screen time. But yeah, that being said, we did get, it was great to see Brion as well as Violet again and get uh, some continuation of the story there. How are you feeling about the episode? Uh, I, it did seem a little congested. I kind of wish that this one would have been like maybe closer to the 45 minute mark to like really dwell into that. Mm-hmm. And like typically the show does a good job at referring to like they, they give context clues to refer. So it's like when Brion was talking to Lizard, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah in Cuba at this time with the outsider. So it's like, yeah, they're they're really good at throwing those cues in there. But I wish the episode was slightly longer so that they could have done that a little bit more because I, I think like every imperative storyline that we've covered this season, like was all in this episode. And it's mm. great that this is tying in, you know, we're getting like our, our Avengers movie thing where it's like, we had everyone's movie in phase one and now the Avengers are coming back together type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously I love MCU. So I got to throw in those references. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's like, we're at that point where things are coming together and Dick is a little bit sidelined, but he is the reason that it is working. 
So True. like to give a, a a quick like a quick judgment of each one. The one with the team absolutely loved it. I agree oh, yeah. with TJ Stafford's statement from last weekend of like I wish I had more of this because now it's wrapping up and obviously I just want the show to keep going on, but it's like their sure. interactions are dynamic is something that we've been established for like twelve years now. Mm-hmm. It was awesome being able to see more of that. When we had the Violet storyline, it was like, oh, now we're going back to like high school drama, even though it's like entering college, but it was cute how they did it and how it built up to like the actual issue at hand. Sure. Um, the therapy session was fantastic. And then mm. all the stuff with the Phantom Zone got really interesting. So all of these things are coming together and it's fascinating. I love the direction that it's heading in. It's just really sad that we're like reaching the end of the season. We have to hopefully only wait a year for the next season, but yeah, hopefully fingers it's crossed. Just, it's a, it's a great direction with great storyline and just, man, just just the way that all the puzzle pieces are coming together is really fun to watch. Yeah. I agree with pretty much everything you said, as, even though Dick was a little bit sidelined and had like the least amount of screen time, it was an absolute delight seeing the, the Tragawags again and getting the confirmation that they were basically gremlins in, in our world. And they had showed up in the past, like world war two, uh, really good stuff and really funny and lighthearted stuff, which was nice. And it's just nice to see all these OG characters get to like have a bit of lighthearted fun, even though they had a mission with a purpose. And I had to appreciate the fact that they're like referencing SB. SB doesn't always all, only stand for Superboy, but also the school bus. That was a nice little mm-hmm. tie in there. And for those for those little guys, I just want to add real quick, like when she said the word, what was it, Tragawag? Tragawag, yeah. I was like, I'm just going to call them gremlins. People know what I'm saying. And then she like <laughs> mentions that they used to be called gremlins. And I was like, cool, validation. Thanks, yeah, boo. Yeah, for sure. Satan's <laughs> got my back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, you made like the comparisons to kind of like the high school drama elements with Violet's character. And another thing I have to appreciate is I, uh, I've, we've mentioned the series Arcane. A lot of people love that as an animated series. I have watched it in its entirety, um, but I can give a review on that later. This is not the time or place. But hearing everyone call Violet Vi just made me instantly take think of Arcane because mm. Vi is the main character in that show too. I, I did find myself feeling a little bit like I felt like I was watching a CW show for better or for worse. You know, the CW yeah. shows had their their moment in the sun for me but uh it's great to get that representation it's great to get that exploration of romantic feelings especially you know with characters that um aren't really from my walk of life you know being a white cisgendered male i I definitely appreciate the representation there but i I appreciated more how it kind of fed into what we had already seen when she was in that group therapy session which i agree with you that was some really riveting stuff having attended some therapy myself. I loved how they actually adhered to the rules when Vic kind of spoke up and gave advice and Dinah was a great leader. She's like, no, we don't give advice here. We share our experiences and how they may help people come to their own conclusions. So that stuff I I really appreciated. And it was, it was the character work for sure. I found the episode to be a little light on action. We had the opening action set piece, but there really wasn't much other than that, other than seeing our OG heroes take out (laughs) the Trakawags in their own inventive ways. Yeah. I mean, between the Batman and what Disney plus has been doing with their shows. Like I just have this newfound admiration for good dialogue and storytelling. Like you can give me mm-hmm. a whole superhero episode without any action, like any like mm-hmm. actual action and I'll still be content. And I was very happy with it this episode and how everything was relevant to the great story. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. 
And it was another one. It's another standout from that group therapy session was obviously Beast Boy. I really appreciated the fact that he acknowledged the progress that he had made and how far he had come. But when he was presented with like the question about, hey, are you going to return to your show? He says he's not ready for that. Not only is he not ready for that, he's not ready to think about rejoining the Outsiders. And ultimately, he admits that he's scared to even approach Perdita. Like that's like just through a few lines, you really get to understand where he is um, in a mental capacity. And it was great to, you know, see Wingman. I I wasn't familiar with the Crimson Avenger or that original sidekick Wingman, but uh, I can definitely appreciate the reference. And Corgi's are great dogs. I've had you know yeah. <laughs> some interactions with corgis, and they're just excellent dogs. So good choice, Gar. Yeah, that thing is so cute. I like how he had to like specify that even though he turns into a corgi to go on walks together, like he still uses the bathroom. You can see everybody like <laughs> cracking up and seeing like while that scene came out. Yeah, uh, but just the. Uh, I mean, I was. I before we started, I was reminding myself what ego and super ego was, mm. and. The you know the two things well for id it's um, instincts ego is reality and super ego is morality mm. and the morality part of that really hit this where it's like just valuing life and what it's given to you and just understanding that like it's not snap your fingers and everything be okay it mm-hmm. is a process and that was it was really powerful stuff and it was really well done and uh, just all the hats off to Dino Lance. Yeah, she continues to be an amazing character. I don't think the Justice League would have gone as far as they did if it wasn't for her. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Lord knows Green Lantern certainly, or not Green Lantern, Green Arrow wouldn't have, Ollie wouldn't have without yeah. her foundation that she provides. I'm sure some of those people need therapy because of the Lantern, so. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Hal and Guy are quite the characters. Yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> as we we learned in the last arc there their choice as lanterns might be a little questionable to some <laughs> right rightfully so um and then just you know while we're on this talking about this therapy session it was just nice to get kind of um an update on some of the characters and i didn't remember all of them like the girl with the scottish accent i had i looked up on the week on excuse me i looked up on the wiki who she was and she actually made an appearance earlier in the season but she was formerly of the league of shadows and had that you know that false assassination attempt on Luke on Lex Luthor, I believe it was. Mm. And then mist and killer frost. Nice to see them again. And then Tara had a really nice moment as well with violet, where she instantaneously knew that Harper had been crushing on violet and then got to have that kind of tender moment about her brother. Like as much as she would like for them to be a part of each other's lives, Brion made his choices and they can't make them for him. Yeah, I actually thought Tara was Perdita at first, and I was really confused from all. I didn't realize how similar their oh, yeah. their character profiles were. Sure. And then once the dialogue kicked in, I was like, oh. Also, I'd like, I just happened to peek at the credits. I didn't realize that the actress who voices Tara's name is Tara. So it's like oh, Tara, Tara Strong. Tara. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. She's prolific. Yeah, Tara Strong. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was... Um, that is one of the things I appreciate about this and how some of the CW shows did the inclusiveness is that like it didn't feel forced anyway like clearly this has been something that like these feelings have been something that's been building up as an audience we recognize for about two seasons now so to see that kind of like taking the steps to fruition uh was pretty interesting two i want want your thoughts on two things with violet Mm -hmm. first off what did you think with the new suit i love the new suit the new suit i like the badass 
Oh, do you? Okay. I like the old one more, how it was more neutral and just had like the accents going through. This oh, was okay. just, it was just a little too vibrant for me. I like that modern flair that the last one had. Uh, I guess the reason I like this one so much is it kind of reminded me of the album cover for Dark Side of the Moon from Pink Floyd, okay. where you've got like the black background with the prism reflecting the mm-hmm. multicolor light. Yeah. I, just, I like that. Okay, that's fair. Um, I was so thrown off when they had the shot of Violet in her room without the hijab on. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of threw me off as well. I, was like, I think it was when she started speaking, I was like, oh, hair. <laughs> yeah, she's got a lot of hair. <laughs> a lot of body to that hair. <laughs> yeah it just, it just it just really threw me off i was not expecting that yeah yeah i can i can understand that um i guess a natural point to kind of pivot to while we're focusing so heavily on on violet we can talk about you know the therapy led directly into her decision to go visit brion and brion had a little bit of an arc of his of his own in this episode kind of you know he's got this group of infinitors which I also didn't really recognize a lot of those members until I looked it up on the wiki, but they were all members of Infinity Inc., which was Lex Luthor's mm. kind of like answer to the outsiders, like basically yeah. combating them for public affection and admiration. But it, that was kind of difficult to watch because it was clear that they both still felt something for each other and wanted to be together, but it's just the constant prodding of this ambassador. What's his name? I just call him the ambassador. Zviad Bazovi, Bazovi, who clearly has like, we've seen it demonstrated in the past, but he clearly has kind of like purple man powers of like influence and suggestion. Um, Just the fact that he entering the scene and incorrectly addressing Violet as she rather than them kind of sets her off and leads for. I don't think I caught that. Oh yeah, she corrected him real quickly. She, uh, or excuse me, they they corrected him real really quickly because he said, you know, is, oh this is the woman you wanted to be your queen. Has she come to accept your proposal? And she's very quickly, they have not. And then that immediately. Oh, sets, I was more. I guess I was more focused on the the proposal part of it. Like, oh sure, like yeah. that's not why I'm here. Not so much that because in her like revelation of that, she was talking about how like. If if people call her she, it's all right, but she prefers that. So I guess that's why it didn't click to me that she was correcting the pronoun and not so much the situation. But mm. I, that's I'm glad you pointed that out. But yeah, I was has has the ambassador like shown this ability of influencing behavior, or is this the first time we're seeing it to this capacity? Because now I'm thinking back on when. Um, Breon killed his uncle, was it? Yes, I, I still can't recall if it's been spelled out explicitly, but I think it was heavily implied in that episode where he killed his uncle Bedlam. And then it was towards the end of that episode or that arc that we know that this, ambas- this ambassador is like the newest member of the light. So he's obviously got nefarious intentions. I think hmm. um, it's just we don't know for certain as viewers that that's his power, but I feel like at this point it's been so heavily implied. Like I, I feel pretty confident going forward with it as, as fact. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would have ever guessed that last season, but it is very prominent here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, as the viewers were starting to pick up on it, but fury as well, like mm-hmm. a line that gets repeated a couple of times 
this doesn't look right to me or this doesn't feel right to me, something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they showed up at the other dude's house. Oh yeah, that whole intimidation scene. Mm-hmm. When yeah. um what what was his name? Everyman? Everyman, correct, yeah. When Everyman transformed, it reminded me of uh Etrigard with that Oh Etrigan? Like, yeah, definitely. Etrigan, yeah, the de- the demonish voice, and I was like, that's the voice actor? Because um who was the dude last season that infiltrated Bane's Island with Batman. Oh right. Uh, was he? Was he like he had like stretching abilities, right? Is that like transformer, like rubbery abilities? Yeah, I'm struggling to remember. So the regular his... voice reminded me of the voice actor for that, and then yeah. when he transformed, remind me of Etrigan. So I was wondering if there's any, if anything that you like caught right away. Yeah, I hate that I can't remember that character's name because I absolutely loved him. He was great. Uh, so had the perfect amount of comedy, and his abilities were super cool. Oh, the same voice actress does Violet and Harper. Huh. Zara that doesn't Muscle. get confusing with her name being Violet Harper. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but going back to Everyman real quickly, I do know that at least his regular voice was Nolan North. So Nolan North was doing Superboy and yeah, Everyman in this episode. Yeah. Huh. Look at me keeping up with these people more now. <laughs> oh wow, he's done a lot of roles. Superboy, Superman, Zatara, Professor Ojo, L6, Clayface, Marvin, Norman, Match, Tribune, Baron Bedlam. There's a yeah. list. Yeah. They make use of their actors. They don't Yeah. Yeah. They don't bring in extra talent if they don't have to, because they've got a very yeah, talented true. squad in place. Yeah. Lots of people doing a lot of heavy lifting in terms of the performances. And even as we mentioned, you know, previous in, in this season, getting some of those performers to actually step into writing roles and whatnot. So that just mm-hmm. goes to show how passionate they are about the individual characters as well as, well as the show as the whole. Yeah. But uh, still like focusing on every man for just a second. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Fury is like the one rehabilitated hero on this group of Infinitors. The rest of them seem pretty dubious, especially trajectory trajectory in every man there but even with the opening sequence when we had lizard johnny being terrorized by these markovian locals kind of these rabble rousers brion's so frustrated that they weren't able to capture the leader and he runs into the woods and it's like very obvious that every man was just impersonating that leader so he's obviously under the employ of that ambassador and and possibly Mm -hmm. the light as well Trying to rile things up so things work with their narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was when they were um when they were targeting like the the Justice League's meta teen facility. That's when Fury was kind of like, This is weird, this isn't right. Mm. That was kind mm. of like the main ploy of like, let's get those kids to come over here, they'll be safe here type of thing. Right, yeah, because there's several instances where Brion's like with Lizard Johnny, for instance, he knows that he was spending time in Teos Taos, I guess that's pronounced. It's in New Mexico where that, where we saw the group therapy session was taking place. But Brion knows that if Johnny wanted to be a hero, he could have been a hero right then and there. And he even said in that opening sequence, like he didn't want to fight. He just wants to be protected and have the home that he deserves to have. So it's very clear that there's some brainwashing going on. You know, you had that great piece of propaganda. I love that animation style. Yeah. The Teen Titans Go style. Yeah, exactly. The very hard outlines and just lighthearted tone of, of all that. Yeah. And then it had the 
the professor that was like taking care of Briona and Violet last season. Yeah, Helga, I believe her name was. Yeah. Is she still alive? I don't remember. Oh yeah, she showed up in this episode because she's like she talked to Brionne about Lizard Johnny. She's like, see, your influence is inspiring pretty oh, much every okay. metahuman we bring in to want to be a hero like you. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought it was I don't know, I thought that was the ambassador. Clearly yeah. it's been a few hours since I watched. This is why I like watching right before if I can help it. Yeah, it's 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 beneficial. I've been in that situation a few times when we recorded us like I think of a few times when Andrew was on and I know he watched the episode right beforehand. I watched like the mm-hmm. hour the episode like of like five or six hours beforehand. Yeah. I'm like, damn dude, your recall is impressive. Makes <laughs> a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's good with all the Brion Violet therapy stuff. Yeah, I'm just kinda hopeful that Fury, this like attempt at friendship and like providing a an opportunity for them to be confidence for your, for each other i hope it, it pays off because I, it's interesting i looked at her previous appearances and she's never had a speaking role she was always just on screen performing action but i really like her i like the voice performance i like her ability to kind of tune into what's happening without it being spelled out for her. and mm-hmm. it's just i'd love to know more about her power set but just kind of seeing that like golden glove reminds me of hellboy Oh, I was thinking Thanos. Oh, Thanos as well. Yeah, it's even more <laughs> appropriate. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that that covers the Markovia proceedings for the most part. So, I guess the last kind of storyline sitting on the table was actually one of the ones that I felt was the most effective in kind of a heartbreaking way. Is going back to the Phantom Zone, having Phantom Girl reveal her consciousness to Superboy try to rescue him and just to have it blow up in her face. Like he straight up betrays her with his loyalty to Zod. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. He was like, no, she's awake. I'm, <laughs> I'm not watching a sleeping girl. She's like, what? Yeah. She wants to escape. Oh, she can escape the fort. No, she can escape the phantom zone, but she's not taking you. She thinks you're a tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love how blunt the dialogue was. It was just kind of entertaining, but I was, I was like too shocked to laugh. If that makes sense. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I just felt so bad for her in multiple instances. Number one, being betrayed and just the shock that she saw there, then being cornered by Superboy to being told that she will kneel before Zod and just kind of like her holding back tears saying, no, I I can't do that. And then when she phases out and goes back on Mars, instantly having to feel the pain of that burnt hand, I was like, man, she is getting it rough this episode. I didn't like that. Yeah. (laughs) I felt so bad for her. Yeah, and it's you see the just, ring. That's a, that's a very durable ring because that was still in like perfect condition, and you could see like her hand all molten underneath. Uh, I couldn't help but think about that too. Like having your hand burnt that badly, trying to remove the ring, like while your hands burnt that badly, or do you just leave the ring on and let it start to heal a little bit? Because yeah. that's awful. So I have a prediction. Okay. I feel like with um, does does little Zod still have hostages? Yeah, the last time we saw him, he should still have Saturn, Girl... Okay, I feel like they're going to find some way to figure out that Phantom Girl's alive. Mm-hmm. And he's going to approach her and, like, threaten her to go back and get everybody out of the Phantom Zone or risk, like, harming her team. Yeah, I th- I think that is more than likely the way it will go, but I, uh, I at least Saturn Girl has to know that phantom girl is conscious because she's the one that says phantom girl wake up and that's when we see her eyes shoot open mm-hmm. right before the phantom zone projector was destroyed if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah so if little zod finds out that 
she got out of the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. And she's definitely going to be like, I'm going to kill your team if you don't help me yeah. get people out of the Phantom Zone. Yeah, considering she has the ability to do it now and we've only got a few more episodes to go, I, I think you're right. That's probably the way that'll end up happening. It'll reunite her with her team as well as bringing the Zods and Superboy back into the the corporeal. How do you say that word? Corpor- corporeal? I think it's corporeal realm. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Words are not my strong suit. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm doing a podcast where I have to speak words the whole time. <laughs> Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of what else I have left to say about this episode and just talking about how bad I felt for Phantom Girl. I also felt pretty bad for, for Dick. Not only did he get limited screen time, yeah. but the fact that his SUV got given up in that deal, plus his chicken whizzies, his, his freeze-dried chicken whizzies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, at least somebody's enjoying them. I'm not Bruce Wayne, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> that line got me. Yeah, the line was great. <laughs> It's like, oh, you had to buy that with your uh, with your circus money. Yeah, yeah, his time is daring, Dan, dangerous. Yeah. So, one of the things we talked about last week from TJ's feedback email was like, why didn't they tell McGann about all this? And mm-hmm. there's your answer. Spelled it out. <laughs> exactly how I said last week. Yeah. Like, they probably just need the solid proof before they can do anything about it. And that was kind of hard to hear because they really wouldn't include her. They really were missing her. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking the way that the team is right now, they're firing to get Superboy back. If he does end up back on earth, then McGann's going to find out. And then we don't have Wally, mm. but Bart is heavily involved in all this right now. Right. So at some point, we're going to have like a variation of our whole team back together. Oh, yeah. Good call. Nice. That just came to me. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I hadn't considered that. Because Beast Boy saying that he's talking to McGann better. Right. So her focus is going to worry less about Beast Boy and go back to kind of grieving. Sure. And all of her best friends and Satana and... Um, Artemis are just missing all of a sudden, so she's going to wonder where they are. She needs a support system. That she does. That she does. It makes you kind of wonder what she's been doing this whole time. Yeah, right. I'm sure. I mean, I know she's been busy with Beast Boy, but like this is all happening like in the span of days. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point to think about the actual timeline. And I know they give us like the the date placards and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. that kind of actually makes me think about how far Beast Boy has come in such a short amount of time. But I guess, you know, mm-hmm. being on the right medication and having an emotional support animal and actually reaching out to people and have them forgive you and kind of uh, make that progress, you know, it does wonders for mental health. So, yeah. I think this episode, this is an episode count. I think this is episode 16 or excuse me, episode like 99 total. Cause 90, the- 96th episode of the overall series. Nice. Reaching 100 soon. Very well, yeah. They'll reach it before the uh, or the 100th, the 100th episode will be the finale, no? I believe so. Or they're going to yeah. kick it off at the 100? So if episode 23 is 96, okay, we'll have 97, 98, 99. You're right. Yeah, the premiere of the next season will be the 100th episode. Okay. 
No, but uh, just to bring it back to McGann, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's nice to get that answer to that kind of like, just it's kind of hanging out there like, why haven't they told McGann? And to have Nightwing say explicitly, like, if this doesn't go the way we want it to, it just might kill her. Yeah. So they're really coming from a complete place of compassion. He says, like, I hate secrets. He's clearly learned his lesson about keeping secrets and what it can do to your relationships. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, he's made his rounds around the whole team, so. That he has, that he has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have too much more to say. We obviously had the end credit scene that seemed to do, a, you know, a fair amount of world building. It was the... I guess it was Justice Island was opening the new Hall of Justice that was uh, mm-hmm. basically brokering a partnership between the United Nations and the Justice League, right? Yeah. So, yeah, now that Lex Luthor's not actively acting as a politician, <laughs> working against this kind of stuff, it's amazing what can happen. <laughs> yeah, right. And Black Lightning is a great person to just kind of work with. So, this seems oh, to be definitely. going well for their ties between um, the Justice League and just first off the United States, but just kind of the world as a whole. Mm. Yeah. I feel like this was a very foundational episode. It's kind of setting up everything in the next few. We're just going to be like bang, 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 just straight into it. Yeah. Yeah. Despite my grievances with maybe some of the pacing, I, I think it's one of those situations where I watched, you know, the first three seasons we, I had the pleasure and the privilege of being able to binge them rather than watch it week to week. So maybe it's just one of those situations where this episode would have played a little bit better during a binge rather than it being a week to week episode. But looking at the season as a whole, you have to have at least a few of those episodes, again, making comparisons to the MCU. There are certain films that aren't regarded as, as highly, like I think of age of Ultron and Iron Man two, and people have their criticisms about those, but in retrospect, they work, so well as like these building block pieces for the larger universe at play. So I imagine, you know, in retrospect, I'll view this episode the same way. I love those two movies, by the way. And yeah, I had to, I only got to binge season one and half of two. So I feel no empathy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Cry your tears, sir. I will. (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah Uh, so yeah i I think that'll do it for this week i would do want to acknowledge uh we mentioned andre sparks dr strange feedback last week we're going to hold off Mm -hmm. just one more week because uh andrew's not here where's andrew at this week what's he doing oh god i don't remember we can't keep up with him anymore it's tied into the young justice world maybe he's uh too many teams Maybe he's doing the donut run for the therapy session. There we go. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, with that in mind, yeah, Andre, we will do our, we will address your Dr. Strange feedback as well as do our Dr. Strange mini review uh, next week. So other than that, I'd just like to make mention that uh, Bingers Assemble is continuing our coverage of the Jurassic Park movies in preparation for Jurassic World Dominion, which will be hitting theaters June 9th. Definitely check that out and give us some support there and give some support to this show. You can always submit us feedback to our email, animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram where Andrew's been doing a great job. That's just animation deliberation. 
And we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter's animation to lib one. And uh, yeah, Zuhair, anything you want to let the people know about? Uh, for all those people who are playing the Fantasy Hero League that me and Sarah Day made up, uh, our episode with the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast is up where we debated all of the points. And it was definitely a hilarious hour of just <laughs> going back and forth of who deserves what. So uh, check out that episode. Check out the points. And yeah, if you're interested in the game, just keep up with it. And hopefully we can get you to, to play next year if you didn't for this year. Definitely, yeah. Tremendous effort from both you and Sarah Day there. So it's a lot of fun. I encourage everybody to check that out at strandedpanda.com. That'll do it for me this week. Thanks for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Stay whelmed. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. When you're at Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Stay near the magic. Book your theme park tickets and get hotel rates from $94 per night plus tax at DisneySpringsHotels.com slash 50. Rates based on availability. Lockout dates may apply. See website for details. Owning a business comes with pressure. There's a limit to what I can do and still keep employees engaged. Fortunately, there's Insperity. They put 30-plus years of HR experience to work to help me with hiring, training, HR administration, and compliance, while giving my employees competitive benefit options. And because I'm able to focus on other priorities, my employees can thrive and my business can grow. With Insperity, nothing seems impossible. Insperity, HR that makes a difference.